podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, hello everybody and welcome to what is the final episode of this season of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, this has been probably the most interesting season we've ever had. Uh, I think when we had the original meeting, me and Ammo, to start up this podcast and to do it during the season and to get the reaction, the reviews, our initial idea was that we were going to review the games that have happened, talk about the games that are coming up, give a little bit of analysis, and that was going to be what the podcast was all about. And I think it has definitely turned into something completely different. Never mind the fact <laughs> that there's been a pandemic and everything involved, but it's turned well, into something completely different. <laughs> We've both become dads in the middle of it. We, we have, yeah. We didn't think about this properly. <laughs> we didn't think it through at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there you go. Uh, but it's been good. And like, I, I don't know about you, but I have enjoyed it. And I've been really grateful for everyone that's been listening um, and for the chance that we've had to be able to do this and roll on season two. And you'll hear a bit, Jordan, the summer about the plans that we've got uh, for season two coming up. But for the last time this season, Ammo, how's your week been? What's been going on? Yeah, um, Great. I've had a week off work, you know, doing stuff with the family. Um sat there last day of the season with all my bet slips and had um I was with my friend, shout out to Andy, and we had uh, Chelsea and Wolves on one TV. We had Leicester and United on the main TV because that's you know, that was he's a United fan. And then I had Liverpool, Newcastle on like the iPad. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> at the same time I, I, I had my, my youngest Leo, um seven and a half months. Um, and he had his wee girl Hannah May, who was about a year and a bit. So she, excuse me, she's about nine months, sorry. And um, <laughs> we were sitting there trying to watch a football to two wains, as you would say, over in Ireland of Ireland. And uh, I still got that little buzz back. I always, I always remember years and years ago watching the the, the year that you know United thought they were going to win it and the Aguero moment. Oh, that iconic the final day of the season on a Sunday where. There's st- they still lots to play for, you know. Mm. Fair play to Aston Villa. Fair play to Aston Villa. Um, but Bournemouth beat Everton. I mean, Everton are crap, but that's another story. <laughs> but, but I mean, the, what I'm trying to say to you, Danny, is yet on the Sunday, we watched the last game of the seasons and, and of the season, and I just it was just enjoyable. It was good to kind of... It was a, we, we were a buzz, about, a buzz about it. I'm sure you did the same, or... I mean, what, what about you? How's your week been? And did you catch a lot of the games, or...? Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, I had a good week. Been busy enough as always, um, just with anything to do with little baby and people coming to visit and work and everything else starting back this week. So it's been busy enough, but it's been good. And yeah, that was similar to yourself. Um, we had, I had another couple around on Sunday uh, and the guy who was coming around, he's a big Arsenal man. Um, so we had the Arsenal game on. At the same time, I was keeping an eye out on... Uh, the West Ham game and and sort of looking at the relegation battle flicking between different channels and obviously Sky Sports as well was showing you the different games as things were happening. Um, yeah. As you said, it was good. It was nice to have stuff to play for. Um, obviously, with the Champions League battle going on and the United Leicester that I was flicking to every now and again. and It was nice just to, to know that there was still stuff going on. And it was also nice to not, at the same time, it's going to sound strange, but it was also nice to not be a part of it. To know that we already have everything wrapped up and we could just watch everyone else having to battle it out. That was, it was quite a nice yes. feeling. I, I never actually thought of it like that, Danny, but now that you say that, 
it was good to watch like, everyone else kind of sweating. And I was w- w- with my friend Andy, and he was you know he was jumping up and down on the TV because it took United quite a, a while to score, and yeah. Leicester nearly scored. And obviously, I was cheering Leicester on, trying to watch Liverpool at the same time. And <laughs> it was just, I agree with what you're saying. It was good to actually. How many times have we been Liverpool in that last game of the season? We've needed to like win by three or four clear goals to get top four, or yeah. win, but win just to get a spot in Europa League. You know, it, it's. Or even going back to a few seasons ago to even win the league and, and you know, we were relying on City to get beaten stuff and it was I agree, it was good to kinda of not have the pressure on us, you know. Mm, definitely. Now obviously one of those games, we're talking about the games and the being stuff to play for, one of the games that there was absolutely nothing to play for in was the Liverpool Newcastle game. Um <laughs> now I don't know about you and I'll I'll talk about it in a little bit, but the game kinda of took me by surprise, especially with the early goal and Shelby's little free kick over the top. What did you, what did you make of it? What was your analysis of the game? Yeah, I mean the starting lineup surprised me a wee bit, you know, from Minamino and Arigi and Oxley Chamberlain up front and stuff and the front three being on the bench. That that shocked me a little bit. Yeah. Um but yet Newcastle scored very early on. You know, it was it was was it like 30 or 40 seconds or something? And um, I was like, wow. You know, but then I, I always knew there was going to be goals in it, you know. Um, Newcastle are that type of team where they've got like you know, Maximan and a few, Shelby and a few players that are like, they're always going to score a goal, but you know they're always going to concede a goal as well. So yeah. um, I think the highlight of the game for me personally was seeing Origi score that goal. Because I think this season for Origi, um, you know, coming from what he did the season before, it was never going to be as good. But I feel this season he's been really disappointing. Mm. Um, with the exception of the Everton game where he scored um, a couple. Um, it seems so, so, so long ago. I'm sure we'll come to that in the special season review episode. But um, I was good. It was, I was buzzing to see Origi get that goal because it was a good, good... You know, we got the ball. Instead of like kind of getting mixed under his feet or something like that, it was good to see him score a goal. Um, and yeah, in the end, it was just a comfortable win, wasn't it, Danny? I mean, when the front three come on, changed the game. Obviously, Manny got that goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a comfortable victory, and I don't think anyone expected anything less, really. Um, Newcastle didn't have a lot to play for, as you know, nor did we. And I was kind of more interested in Leicester United game, God forgive me for saying that. Yeah, I think I'm similar to you. I watched the game, I seen the Liverpool game, <clears throat> but it was mainly seeing the highlights, really, um, because I was watching the other games, because there was a little bit more to play for. Um, but yeah, as you said, I watched, the, I watched obviously, I seen a starting lineup coming in. I said in the previous pod, I was expecting Mane and Salah to both start and it'd be very much go out there, try and get the golden boot. I was surprised that he did start a weekend lineup. Um, did yeah. you say weekend? Obviously, Minamino is a quality European player. Origi's played a top level, played Champions League final. Um, all these different players. Oxley Chamberlain as well has won all sorts in the game. Um, but obviously, we weren't playing our normal starting eleven, which did surprise me. Um, as we said, Newcastle scored quite early. But it always yeah. felt, as you said, it was going to be a free-flowing game because nobody had anything yeah. to lose, so go for it. Um, but I always felt like that first goal, Newcastle caught us off guard, but they never really had anything that you thought, oh, they're going to be a threat throughout the game. Yeah, I think Liverpool generally controlled the game really well. Um, we just we dictated the pace of the game. The three goals became what you, you sort of thought of Liverpool. It felt like we had another two or three years to go into. Another thing I noticed was Milner played the 90 minutes. Now, you, you kind of start to think in the back of your head, oh, Milner's a, a squad player. Now, I think he's still got a, a couple of years in him as a squad player. Yeah. But I never thought to myself he had 90 minutes in him, you know. 
and um, he played a whole 90 minutes. And you know what? You wouldn't have even. It just goes to show Fittius, you know, when how important he is at our squad. So um, great to see Milner get started. You know, we, great, great play by him. I think he was you know, scrappy, determined, trying to play forward. Was a good leader. You know, great, great, great header by Van Dijk to get us back in the game. You know, um, it was just it was all like, like almost like Firmino, if we only opposite kind of opposite end of the net type of thing. You know, it was just a you look at Van Dijk do that. It just looks so simple, doesn't it? And it's it's not. It's it's really really not. No, and that's been kind of the staple of his season, hasn't it? Is that it's been a few boys talking about the way that Van Dyke plays, and he just he makes it look easy, he makes it look like he's he's not even breaking a sweat, like it's just a bit of a kickabout with his mates, uh, and he just kind of makes it look effortless, which is amazing. And yeah, that was kind of the summed up in that goal that he kind of just rise above everyone else, looped this little header over the top, and ran off. So I was like, yeah. not even all that fuss, just like, oh yeah, score the goal. Yeah, yeah. what to do. And as I said, I just felt like Liverpool had two or three other gears that they could have went into if they wanted to, but it was very much an end of the season with nothing left to play type game. Well, that's it, but it's nice to finish on a win, um, and that, that 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 broke the record for the most wins in a league season, thirty-two. Yeah. So um, another record got broken. You know, Liverpool Football Club this season and over the last couple of seasons, along with Manchester City, have been breaking that many records that like. They almost get lost on they get they get lost on the carpet because it's like you know if they just broke one the season you'd be like wow this is what Liverpool did this season because they're breaking that many records you're just like all right another one another one and it's I don't think they're quite getting the credit that they deserve for the records that they're breaking but I mean we both said we wouldn't mind they got beaten we finished on ninety six points but thinking about it we won we lifted the trophy on ninety six points so still a good a good thing to you know look back on. Exactly, and as we both said, yeah, they've been. We, I think, most of the fans would have been happy enough with ninety six points because of the, the whole significance of it. But I think no one's gonna be gutted at the fact that we got ninety nine points, broke a record, and that's what Liverpool have been all about this season: is just getting wins, breaking records, and absolutely smashing it. Now, one of the things that we start to look to now is that obviously, gets to the end of the season, you start to look to the transfer market. There's a lot of speculation over. How long the transfer market's going to last? Um, our team's going to have money because they're not getting revenue coming in from fan bases, different things like that. Um, there's so much that's still up in the air about it. But the transfer market, rumours are still flying, sales are still going ahead. So we start to look towards that. And first of all, obviously, we have to touch on the fact that um, as we speak, obviously, Lalana has gone to Brighton. And then also the news broke that Dejan Lovren's gone to Zenit, St. Petersburg. So <laughs> we knew Lalana was coming. There was a few hints about Dijan, but obviously it's official now. So what what do you make of it? Adam Lalana, I'm actually surprised that he went to um, Brighton because I thought mm. he could probably go a little bit higher than that. But obviously they've matched his ambition, and um, he's going to be a starter every week for them. Um, and yeah, good luck to him. I mean, he'll, when he, when he comes around field, when the, when the stadiums are full, he'll, he'll get a You'll get a round of applause. Um, and fair play to him. He's English. He's from, he's from that area, and um, he'll do a job, hundred mm. um, percent. Lovren, it, it nearly happened last season, didn't it? At the end of last season, um, and I'm trying to talk about days on Lovren here now in 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 a, in a context that I don't want to be hypercritical and I don't want to kind of bring your feelings in towards it. But for me, what days on Lovren has done for Liverpool, all right? He's won everything more or less. You know, um, he has made. I'm just getting the, the stats up here now. 131 league appearances, Liverpool scoring five goals. Um, he's won 
he's, he's World Cup runner-up. You know, he's won the Premier League. He's won the Champions League. Um, and for me, Danny, he was a great servant to Liverpool. There's players worse in days in Loving that have wore that Liverpool shirt. And I just think we're, we're that good at the moment that he just kind of... I don't know. He was easy... He, Every team needs a, a couple of players to kind of get in the back of. And I just think if it was Van Dijk making those mistakes or, you know, even Gomez we've seen in the past, they don't get the stick that, that, that Lovren's got. Um, and Lovren's very much been there from the start. You know, like to see your, your Hendersons and Lallans and stuff. So he's had a big part to play. And we forget, people forget, you know, Danny, this is no this is no kind of criticism of you, but hmm. Dejan Lovren up until Van Dijk come in, which is only a year and a half ago, you know, we still were very successful in cup finals and, and we progressed in the league. And he was part of those teams. You know, and I remember Spell last season. Um, he come in. It was a season that we know finished second to City, but by one point. He come in for about, I think, about 15 games. And um, we were injured. Matt Ethan was injured. I think Gomez was injured as well. And everyone was like, oh, no, Lovren's coming in. And he come in and he was just absolutely solid for those 12, 15 games. Okay, he's next to Van Dijk. I think I'd do a decent job next to Van Dijk, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I think he, I think he was, I think the role he's played for Liverpool very much kind of go on. I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. Yes, he's made a couple of mistakes, but um, what I can say about Lovren as a defender, he's certainly certainly not out. He's certainly not out of Liverpool's league. I certainly don't think he's he's um, he's, he wasn't good enough to play for Liverpool. I would have kept him. He was an experienced member of the squad, but at his age, 30, 31, you know, he wants to play a bit like Lallana. Um, they've done what they've done they've won the Cups um, I wouldn't say he's gone down as a Liverpool legend you know but there's, I mean there's definitely been worse players to play for Liverpool Football Club than Dejan Lovren and um, I'd like to think if, if we ever like Drew Zenith in the Champions League anything like that he would get a you know, hero's welcome and I'm sure he would um, and yeah good luck to him I think it's probably the right time for him um, I think we need cover in that position now Um as well, which scares me because you know we've had injuries over the last couple of years, and you know I don't, I don't want, I don't want to see another match where Jordan Henderson has to play centre back, which has happened over the last two years, you know. Yeah. Um, but let, let let me ask you your thoughts on. Let, let me ask Lalana first, and then tell me about Lovren. Like, try and be nice as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think Lalana. We expected him to go. Um, I expected him to go south coast. I was partially part of me thought that he was going to go back to Southampton. That was my yeah. original feelings on it. Uh, I think there would have been a good chance if he would have, if Bournemouth would have stayed up, he might have went down to Bournemouth as well. Um, but I thought he was going to go somewhere down that direction. Um, I think Brighton will be a good fit for him, as you said. When he gets to this stage of his career, and you think of his career as as a span, he's won everything. He's won Champions League, he's won the Premier League, he's he's won FA Cups and all these different things that there was to win. Um, so now he wants games. He wants game time. He wants to be playing 90 minutes. He wants to be uh, a help to a squad. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I think a lot of people criticise the likes of John Terry when he went to Aston Villa uh, a couple of seasons ago. But I think you've got to know what's going to work best for you as a whole. And I think Lallana isn't just looking at his playing career. I think he's looking at moving forward. And we look at the likes of James Milner. James Milner is a completely different level. His his fitness, his ability um, is amazing for someone of his age. Well, he's come to a team like Liverpool to happily be a squad player because he's thinking past just his career. He's thinking yeah. of, of coaching. He's thinking of the experience he can get under the top manager. And I think Lallana's thinking the same thing. I think he's thinking yeah. that he can go to, to Brighton, he can get playing time, he can play 90 minutes, and he can also start 
to learn about maybe the coaching side of things. He can start to gain experience uh, and be a help to the younger players in that squad. And he'd be able to stick yep. around for a few years instead of going to somewhere like a bigger team, going to even like a, a Burnley or a Sheffield United who are, who are flying at the minute or a Wolves where he's not going to get as much game time and he's maybe not going to be as needed as much in the background as yeah, well. I get what yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah, 100%. So, so I think he's done well. I think it's a good call. I think Brighton will be a good fit for him. And I think, as you said, he will be a starter um, every week. So I think he'll do well. And as you said, I think with with Lallana, he's going to get a good welcome when he comes back to Manfield. I don't think anyone's yeah. got a bad thing. Good luck to him. Him, really. Yeah, it wasn't a bad thing. Yeah, I, I agree, Danny. Yeah. yeah. Now, Lovren. I've got to say, in all honesty... Um, Lovren, from, from everything that you see, from everything you read about, he seemed like a top character. He seemed like a nice guy to be in the squad. Everyone speaks highly of him. And I think what he's done in the background, I think, has been has been good for the club. And I think he's only helped to benefit. He's been a good uh, personality to have there in the background. I, I am happy enough to see him go, as you can imagine. Um, but, as you said, and, and I've said it in a previous pod as well, you've got to... You've always got to be honest and you've got to hold your hands up at different times. And I think Lovren has done great things for Liverpool. And I think he has been there and he has been a help and he has been a boost in the dressing room when it's been needed. Um, but football fans are fickle. And if we go into the summer transfer market and people are going, oh, we shouldn't have got rid of Lovren. He's a great choice for the centre-back and he's a great person to have in the squad. And then we go and buy Koulibaly in the transfer market. Everyone will be going, Dejanu, who was he? <laughs> because because football is a short term game, unfortunately, and I think he'll be remembered for his amazing goal against Dortmund and different things like that. But he'll be just as much remembered for the mistakes he made on the pitch. Um, but but all in all, I think Lovren again, same as Lana. I think if he comes back to Anfield at any point, I think I don't think people are going to boo him. I don't think anyone's going to have anything but respect for him because, as you said, at the time when Liverpool were struggling. Lovren was there and Lovren was doing all that he could for the team and he went through a period of games a couple of seasons ago where he was playing well and he was having decent enough games but I just think the level that we're aiming for now is maybe just a little bit of a step above where he's capable of so I can see why he left. Yeah, but that's the thing about Lovren. I always, I never said anything negative about him because I thought he had a place in the squad but as you say, if you want to be, like we are at the top of the world at the moment, if you want to be continuously at the top of the world, Maybe you do need a, a, a better choice, third choice centre back. You know, mm. um, another wee player that we haven't really discussed now. He hasn't really played this season. You know, where uh, Nathaniel Klein, um, he, he he come in round about the same time as Lallana and Lovren, and he, uh, he barely played last season as well. But he did make. I, I seem to remember him making an appearance against United, being like one of the best players on the pitch. And then he went out on loan, and everyone was like, shouldn't have done it because Arnold got injured. And, um, I seem to remember that's when kind of Williams hit the bench the first time last season. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, what, do you, what, what, what would you, what would you thought be on Klein going? I mean, at the end of the day, we haven't missed him this season, so I, I can't say he'll go down in the in the history books like the likes of Lallanas and Lovins. I think a bit of a backdoor extra for him, you know. Yeah, I think as as I said before, when it comes to Lovins, similar thing is that football's a fickle game, and I think when Nathaniel Klein had a lot of injuries, which didn't help his career at Liverpool. But it was one of those, I remember, when he got injured, 
we thought to ourselves, what are we going to do? We haven't got a good right back. Are we going to play it? And then Klopp brought Trent into the team. And kind of the rest is history from there. People were going, who cares if we've got Nathaniel Klein or not? Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I, th- I think he's he's a good enough player, Nathaniel Klein, but he's, he's nowhere near the level of Trent. And for me, even Nico Williams is a good reserve for Trent. Yeah. Um, and I think because of the passion that he's got, it'll be it'll be a better asset to the club long term than what uh, Nathaniel Klein will be. So I think no one's going to be gutted and writing tributes about Nathaniel Klein leaving the club. Um, but I'll never look back and say he was garbage because he wasn't. I just think injuries have hindered him a bit. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, all I can say about Klein himself is yeah, he was he was a solid Premier League right back, and he'll go to a Premier he'll go to a Premier League club. Um, um, have, a, have a decent career but yeah he's just not on Arnold's level but I mean what I can say is maybe it's taken Klein to get injured for, for Arnold to get his chance so maybe we should thank him you know <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is you that know? yeah it works for some and it helps others at the same time so um, now as you said there's going to be a few different transfer rumours going on so just finishing this whole section obviously the two main transfers that are coming out at the minute is the potential the Klopp wants to buy Thiago um, yes. which is a big transfer and then also the fact that Liverpool are planning on eyeing up a deal to bring Coutinho back to to Liverpool and I know we spoke about that before but I suppose the question is do you think any of those transfers will come off uh, and also who would you like to see come in during the summer? Well you know what um, first of all about Thiago you know, Bayern Munich great player um, experienced winner um, 29 years of age so he's coming in proven Um yeah, a great squad player, I think. So, yeah, get him in there, no problem. Um, I haven't seen a lot of him play, so I can't claim to be an expert on him. But from what you hear, um, and the little bits I've seen of him, he can seem to further pass through the you know the eye of a needle, which is what you want. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he'll be... Uh, for me, you know, the German League and English Premier League, two different kettles of fish, so he's got to come in and prove himself. And at that age, you know, he should really be fitting straight in. Um, because we've got Fabinho and Henderson and players like that, I, I wouldn't say it's the most important thing, but as I say, he'd still be a great addition to the squad. Um, Coutinho, I don't know. These rumours don't go away, but it's not like anything's been said. So I don't know. Obviously, I'd say Coutinho, but again, he's, he's going to have to kind of... If Coutinho was in our squad now, he might have to settle for just being on the bench sometimes. You know, we, we won't start every game. Um, with Lallana leaving, he is a void for a kind of, you know, but you, you could argue Harry Wilson, you know. Yeah. You could argue Ryan Brewster. So it's just a kind of weird. You kind of draw Brewster's loving life at Swansea at the moment. And brilliant. Wilson, okay, he had a bit of an indifferent season at Bournemouth, but he showed glimpses of quality. He did for Liverpool in the preseason games this season, beginning the season. So yeah, it's one of them. I mean, I would take. I would hate to think that those boys are just going to get sent sent away. I think there's a. We should maybe give a chance to these players because this season it's proved right. Not to mention Curtis Jones. We've mm. said it, haven't we? He's coming through as well. Um, and who would I like to see? The only player that I would pick 100% right now, um, if I could pick him out, would be Aubameyang. Yeah. I just think he would be the player. He'd just fit in. He's got Premier League experience. He's got two threes in him. Um, and he, he's just a goal machine. And it's one of them where Mane, Salah and Firmino up front, you know, best front three in the world. But I would actually go far as far to say if you took any one of them out through Bamiang in, you wouldn't be weak in it. You'd still be strong. Yeah. Do you know? So obviously Mbappe's been linked with us as well, but I can't see Mbappe coming um and us keeping the front three of the are, you know, someone's gonna have to get you know give way. 
And everyone keeps saying Salah's gone, but I don't see Salah going, to be honest. I think he's happy. His family's happy. He's, he's done everything he can with Liverpool and he wants want to continue doing it. So, yeah, the only player I could see really coming in, which might be a wee, what's the word, one kind of that no one's really discussed big time, is it with Bamiang? I'd love to see that. Um, what about you? Yeah, I think I think one of the big things that it all lies on is the fact that Liverpool have such a strict transfer regime in terms of the money that we're allowed to spend and stuff. Generally, they've said that we've only got about sixty million to spend during the summer, um, which we say only sixty million. Like all of us wouldn't be able to spend the rest of our lives amazingly on sixty million pounds. Um, but we've got about sixty million to spend during the summer. And as you said, for me, I'd be similar to you. We have a lot of young gifted, talented players that I would happily see come in. I would love... We said, we said about Coutinho and the rumours of that. Like, I, I honestly think that Curtis Jones, we should be bringing him in and nurturing yeah. him. And I don't see any reason, from what I've seen up to now, why Curtis Jones can't be as good as, as what Coutinho... I know we all remember Coutinho of last time yeah. he was at Liverpool and the exceptional level that he was at. But the Coutinho that I've watched at Bayern Munich this season, the Coutinho that I've seen at Barcelona, I think why Curtis Jones... Is, couldn't be as good as him within this season. Um, and, I, and I honestly think that if we're going to bring someone in, I don't think we need much uh, in terms. I think we maybe need to invest a little bit of money in a reserve left-back uh, to be able to help Andy Robertson out. We've got Nico Williams to help out at right-back, and I think he, he has a good job being in there. Um, but I'd love to see another left-back come in. Um, and I just think if is we're going to bring some... Oh, is that is that you we call to Jürgen there? Is it? <laughs> that is. Jürgen, Jürgen, if you're listening, although Danny Roberts is very committed here in Ireland, Northern Ireland, <laughs> I think he might potentially, and I think he could convince his wife to come back to Liverpool <laughs> to be second choice left back. You know, um, so if you're listening, Jürgen, D- Danny's there waiting for you. <laughs> Any player you can think of, Jürgen, I will take half his wages and come in. <laughs> I'm sitting on the bench this season. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should get one one player and and go big. But as you said, the problem is with that is if we bring in a a Koulibaly or we bring in a, an Mbappe, I would love to see Mbappe come in. Like, and I think anybody any Liverpool fan would wet themselves if we suddenly seen Mbappe with a with a Liverpool shirt on. Um, but we would have to sell, and that's the problem. And we're, and it's not a case of selling. Like a, a, a Lovren and a Lalana, and it's no offence to them, we would have to be selling. And, and I think, to be honest, the player that would go for us to bring in Mbappe would be a Sadio Mane. Yeah. And I think we would see something like Mane going to Real Madrid, which, which I don't want to see, because I honestly think Mane's got so much to give. And he's proven in the Premier League. I know Mbappe will be quality, but Mane, is, as, for me, has carried our team in those games where we've really needed someone this season and I wouldn't want to see that one. Season, yeah. couldn't, you know what, Danny, couldn't agree with you more. I think we probably need another centre-back as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, who, who, who'd you get? Who's out there? You know, who, as I say, who's going to get? It's going to be happy to be fourth choice that's good enough to come in and not act like they're a fourth choice player. You know, it, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, I think anybody that we brought in now would have to be Somebody who's battling for that that first team position. Yeah, Kula is going to want to sit on the bench. You know, he's a yeah. starter, so that's yeah. the problem. But hey, listen, we've had worse problems being Liverpool fans in the past, haven't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, Christian Buxton, Paul yo, <laughs> <laughs> just throw a name in there. But as you said, there's there's worse problems we could have, and it'll be interesting to see how the transfer market goes, and also how long we're allowed to be in the transfer market. 
September the something. It's I've seen rumours there that's gonna end. But yeah, it's it's, it's I see we've no football for the two now for five, six weeks, but there's still the Champions League to play, there's still the FA Cup to play. I think there's a friendly, an international friendly the week before the season as well. Which is which is a bit mad, but Maybe I mean at the end of the day, it just means more football in a condensed period of time. So I think anyone that loves football is happy. Anyone all the, the partners out there that don't I'm not so happy. <laughs> well they had three months without it, so that'll do then. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well I think it's interesting and we'll see how it develops over the next couple of months. But uh, we're gonna take a quick break now and then when we come back we are gonna go through our team of the season with a little bit of a twist. So thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny at Shamfield Road. Alright folks, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well yes folks, as Danny um, just said there before the break, we're going to talk, um, do our team of the year but with a difference. So Danny came up with an idea which is, I thought was a great idea and it was quite challenging. Uh, we're coming up with the team of the year um, for the 2019-20 season but you only allow one player from each team. So in most of these team of the years, you see like, you know, seven Liverpool players, two City players and Paul Pogba. But it's not going to be like that. <laughs> it's going to be a player from each team. It's quite challenging and it was quite fun to think of the team and be interesting to see how our teams differ. So what I think we'll do, Danny, is if you give me your goalkeeper and back four and then I'll do mine and then we'll go from there. So in reverse order, who's your goalkeeper and back four? Cool. So, yeah, it was, it was an interesting one. I've enjoyed doing this, actually, because as you said, normally it is just a team, like more or less like an entire like this season. It'd be more or less... Liverpool's entire lineup, um, just yeah. with maybe one difference. So it's nice to be able to to go through and to give a bit of kudos to players from other teams that maybe wouldn't get it in the proper team of the season. Um, I have gone for Nick Pope in goal for Burnley. Yeah, Pope's been quality this season. Fifteen clean sheets was very unfortunate not to um, get the Golden Glove this season. Um, yeah, but I thought he's been quality. The game that we played against Burnley, Nick Pope was. Unbeatable in Unbelievable. that game. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so even just for that alone, he deserves to be in that team. But I think he's been quality, and I think he's proven to not just to me, but to everyone that he deserves that England number one. Um, because he's just been consistently very, very good all season long. Hundred percent. Back four, I have gone for Cesar Piliqueta in right back. So I've gone for Chelsea's right back. Um, Piliqueta has been quality. He's got versatility. He can play anywhere across that back line. We've seen him play left-back. We've seen him play centre-back. We've seen him play on the right-hand side this season. Um, just, he's a proper club man. And I think for Chelsea yeah. to end up with Champions League football this season, I think it's really quite obviously, is a driving force in that team. So I was happy to put him in. Um, centre-backs. I have used up my, my Liverpool option with having Virgil van Dijk in. For me, I just, you can't look past that's Virgil. There's been some quality players for Liverpool this season, um, but Virgil, for me, is the man, uh, and I couldn't have a defence without Virgil van Dijk in it. So Virgil van Dijk oh. plays in centre-back for me, uh, along with Sheffield United's O'Connell. Um, now, Sheffield United, for me, have had a decent season. To end up in the position that they are in uh, has been quality, and their back line has been solid. So yeah. I was happy to put O'Connell in. So O'Connell goes in there at centre-back, uh, along with Virgil van Dijk, van Dijk, and being finished off at left-back with Luca Dean. Um, I think Everton, Everton have had a very mixed bag season. They're in the middle of a building season, I think. 
Um, so for me, Luca Dean has been consistently good. And I think we've seen him, obviously, first game back after the lockdown, uh, playing left-back there. And I thought he was solid. He, he kind of held Trent. And I think in a team that has been hit and miss this season in Everton, I think Luca Dean has been the consistent factor. And even the fact that he's managed to keep out uh, Leighton Baines in the way that he has for the last couple of seasons shows the quality that he's got. Um, so, yeah. So, Nick Pope and goal as Piliqueta, O'Connell, Van Dijk and Dean as my back four. What about yours? Okay, so goalkeeper, um, it would have been Allison, but I've got a little playing. So, I'm going to go Edison just because he won the Golden Glove. Yeah. You know, and his quality, and he's, he's not quite Allison, but he's quality. So, that's kind of easy enough there. Um, right back, it kills me to say it, Wambazaka. Mm. If I had to pick a player out the Premier League apart from Arnold, to it right back, it would be about Wambazaka. The, the few games I've seen him play for United, he's always with quality. So, um, yeah, Wambazaka right back. Um, centre backs. I'm going to go Rudica at Chelsea. Yeah. So I am a solid, solid, solid player. Um, strong, you know, good in the air, you know. Uh, I'm also going to go at centre-back alongside Rudica. I'm going to go Scott Dan at Crystal Palace. Yeah. Scouser. And every time <laughs> I watch him, he's, he's always putting last, last, last ditch tackles in. Um, quality player again. Um, another bit of bad run. But before that, Palace were a decent team and had some great results and Scott Dan always in the middle of it. And at left-back, I would go Ender Stevens of Sheffield United. and They've had a great season, overperformed. And uh, I see him out the, one, out the ones that I could put in. He deserves the credit. Um, well, who's your midfield, Danny? As you said, it's been a hard choice. There's so many people that were looking past because we're only taking one from each team. There's so many different people that you could potentially choose. Even like you look at those centre-backs, you're looking at Sion Chu, who's an obvious pick. Connor Cody would have been one that just missed out for me as well. Um, and it's the same with the midfield. There's so many people you could put in. Um, I've gone for a 4-3-3. So that's what I've, that's what I've gone for in this. Um, yeah, same. And I have gone for Jack Grealish at midfield because Jack Grealish is the heartbeat of Aston Villa. They've stayed up. They beat relegation last game of the season. Uh, and I think it was a guarantee that probably if Villa would have been relegated, there was no way Jack Grealish was going back to the championship. He's just he's too good a player. Um, so for me, just because of what he epitomises, yeah, he had to make that line-up. Um, Kevin De Bruyne. How could yeah. I not put Kevin De Bruyne in? Um, to have a team without Kevin De Bruyne would be crazy uh, to a certain extent. So De Bruyne is in there and also Fernandez as well. And I know Fernandez has only been in since January. And as I said, yeah. there's so many other people that you can look at. Declan Rice has had an amazing season, boys like this. Um, but the impact that Fernandez has had on that United team since coming in. United look like they were heading for not even making Europa League this season, the way that they were playing. And he has come in and single-handedly transformed that team and put them into now a Champions League spot, which was just, even before lockdown... Yeah, yeah, it was unthinkable that United was getting a Champions League spot before the the lockdown. And for him to come in, to hit the ground running the way that he has and played the way that he has, um, yeah, Fernandes was making mine. So Grealish, De Bruyne and Fernandes are my midfield. What about you? First one. Easy enough to Bruyne. I mean, anyone that picks a team and he doesn't have the Bruyne in, it's just, yeah, what can you say? He's he's great to watch, even as a, as a Liverpool fan, you watch him and he's just, he does, he makes really, really, really difficult things look so easy. 
And uh, I think it's the one play out of City that I would like, love at Liverpool, you know? Yeah. Um, also, and alongside him, and I was going to, I wanted to pick Van Dijk because it's Van Dijk, but I think alongside, I had this Liverpool player to pick just because of the season, like Jordan Henderson. Um, and I think it would work quite well with the, the midfield that I've picked. So Jordan Henderson, I mean, we've talked about him, we dedicated half a podcast to him. Um, he's just had the season of his life and he just keeps getting better. Um, so fair play to him. And he, I think he's, right now, he would probably get most teams in world football for what he does. So Jordan Henderson, not a doubt. Obviously, mm. PFA player of the year as well. Um, and the third one, um, he kind of plays a bit more forward. But he can play in this midfield role, so I'm kind of cheating by putting him in. Willian at Chelsea. Mm. Um, what can I say? He's 31, and he, I think he's going. He, his contract's running out, and Chelsea are really flapping because he's been. He's probably been their best player this season. Yeah, and he just he's a threat. He's consistent. He's pacey. He's powerful. He doesn't make mistakes. He gets important goals. Um, he just gives everything for the team. So yeah, Willian uh, would be my three midfield I'm going four three feet like you so who are your you know front three here who, who are you picking um, again it's a difficult one but you have to try and go for taking one from all these different teams so as you said I've gone for the four three three I've gone for up front right down the middle of the front three couldn't go anywhere else except for Jamie Vardy Jamie Vardy's had an amazing season Golden Boot, his whole story is just amazing coming from Conference League football, more or less, and then working his way up, winning the Premier League, and then consistently playing well, even making that tough decision to not carry on playing for England in order yeah. to be able to focus on his club. And most people are going, like, you're not playing for a Liverpool or a City here. You're leaving your country to play, focus for playing for Leicester City. And 33. It's not like he's a, he's a, he's a young chicken. Like he's, yeah. you know, but most people are thinking, most people at the start of the season were thinking he was mental. Going, what are you focusing on your club football for when your club isn't even going to do all that well this season? It's a mid-table team. But again, it paid off. And apart from the fact that like, it was a bit of a bottle job done at the end of the season there by Brendan Rodgers, they, they should be in Champions League football. And Vardy is not to blame for the fact that they're not there. Um, and I think he's been quality. So Vardy, for me, was down the middle. Um, with left-hand side, I went for Abamyang because, again, Abamyang ran him close. Abamyang is quality, similar to yourself. I'd love to see him at Liverpool. I was really shocked, actually, when uh, Jürgen Klopp didn't do everything he could to bring him in when he was prepared to leave Dortmund. Um, but, yeah, Abamyang on the left, and then I've gone for Raul Jimenez on the right for Wolves. Uh, again, quality season. Wolves batting well above the weight uh, of what we all expected them to do. Um, Again, as I said, there's so many you could have put into there uh, with Traore, um, with Conor Cody and all these different boys. Um, But for me, Jimenez, he scored vital goals. He's consistent. He's a good player in a very, very solid-looking team. Um, So I could not put someone from Wolves into me front three. Uh, What about you? Yeah, well, as I say, I've all players to like Shea Marshall. So a good season, obviously, Liverpool's front three. Um, But I've used United player, I've used Liverpool player. Um, two the same as you. I've got a Bamiang. Hmm. I'm on Vardy. As I say, there's not much more I can say than what you said, Danny. I mean, also can say is me a little tribute to Vardy myself. You know, at the age he is, and I say, okay, they never met Champions League football, but they've, they've still got Europa League football and they've still progressed on the, on the Rogers to a degree. So fair play to him. And, and 
far is the catalyst of Evan Good and that Leicester team, you know. And um, we side note, I think Leicester would have finished in the top four if Madison didn't get injured. Yeah. Um, and he very, very nearly made my midfield, but because he got injured, I, th- I kind of think it, it hampered him. Um, obviously, great shout out because he likes Fernandez. He's had a great impact. Um, but yeah, so those two, as you said, but my other one, um, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of shocked that you overlooked to be honest with you, um, is Danny Ings. Yeah. You know, um, season of his life. Um, absolute season of his life. And I mean, we witnessed what he went through at Liverpool. And when Klopp come in, I remember having a conversation with everyone. Danny Ings is a Klopp player. He's going to obsess this, 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 that. And I really hope that he was a success at Liverpool, you know. Um, but at the end, he's still a Champions League winner at Liverpool. And he left and he went to Cray first, seen football the ages. And I think whenever England come round to have that friendly, begin the next season, he's, he's dead in the squad, wrote a shadow of a doubt. Um, 22 goals I think he scored this season 22 goals um, in a yeah. very average sorry 22 goals in 38 yeah. appearances yeah yeah in a very very average Southampton team I have to say that um, and yeah he took a couple of penalties towards the end of the season before that it was more trout taking the penalties he, he didn't so he only kind of started taking a couple of the end of the season because he was in the South for goal boot so you think if he took those penalties to the beginning of the season he would be golden boot winner now yeah so Abamyang and Vardy take the penalties for their clubs, you know, like Salah does for us. So Danny Ings and makes season of his life. Um, he's almost become of a, a, a an advocate to that that fake shot where he gets it, goes back, goes back, goes back again, and puts it in the bottom corner. I think it's half his goals have been like that this season. Yeah, and um, he's a grafter, you know, good old scouts where they're proper grafter. So he he could not not make my team. So yeah, Danny Ings is my final player up front. It's good, and I said the striking position is always a hard one to fill because there's so many players, as you said, that you could put into there that that missed out. Uh, you think of Richarlison had a decent enough season yeah. this season. Jordan Ayew scored crucial goals to keep Crystal Palace up this season. Um, even Perez, he had a few different yes. games at the start, but then came into himself, played really well when Jamie Vardy was lacking in goals. Rashford, uh, Rashford, Martial, and even Greenwood—they've had great seasons as well. Yeah. But, as you said, we can only choose one from each team. So I think they're solid. I think they're both solid teams. I think it'd be worth putting them both up uh, on our page and people can vote as will, to yeah. who they think had the better lineup and who they'd include instead. Imam, if you're starting 11 um, from goalkeeper, write to them from three and then I'll tell everyone else my one. Cool. So I had uh, Nick Pope in goal for Burnley, uh, as Piliqueta, O'Connell, Van Dyke, and Luca Dean at the back four. Uh, um, Midfield three of Grealish, De Bruyne and Fernandez, And then a front three of Jimenez, Vardy and Aubameyang. My team was Edison in goal, Juan Bazaka at right-back. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a centre-back pin of Rudiger and Scott Dan. I had your man from Sheffield United at left-back. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's his name again, Danny? Please remind me. And Edna, Edna Stevens. Edna Stevens. There you go. I'm sorry, Edna. Uh, midfield three of William, uh, De Bruyne and Henderson. And then up front, I had Aubameyang, Vardy and Ings. It's good. Good solid. We'll Just all look past the teams. fact that you've got Edison and De Bruyne in your lineup. But apart from that, it's solid. Can I just remind everyone? Because we have to laugh. If you can't laugh, you'll cry. Um, Danny came up with this idea a few days ago and told me to prep and he prepped. And he prepped, and he prepped, and I forgot, and I had to wing it last minute. So, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, what I'll do, 
is I'll swap the Bruiner and I'll put a Grealish in just Ooh. just to uh, copy you and, and interesting, save a bit of face. Interesting, that. <laughs> just to save a bit of face. Uh, thank you for that, Danny. Sure. Not like anyone's listening. It's just a private conversation between me and you. <laughs> exactly. That's what this podcast is. Just a bit of banter between mates. That's what it's all about. <laughs> all I can say now, folks, is... Um, yeah, so we're going to do... Have this as the final episode, but we are going to do a season review, um, which we are going to put our research into, don't worry. <laughs> and um, that'll be running all season long. And obviously, maybe a week or so before the next season, um, we will be doing, you know, talk about transfers and the preview of the season. Um, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Podcast Network.